This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Someone, someone asked me an interesting question. I never thought about it. It's not really my fault because I'm new to Nusach Svart. I'm used to the old school version of Slichas, the Litta version. So this is new to me. But the person asked me the following question. If you ever noticed, we've been saying Slichas for quite some time now. One of the highlights of the Slichas is the Kapitel Shema Keleinu. So we say the Kapitel Shema Keleinu, and then all of a sudden, the way we have it in the Nusach Svard, there's one, st- one line said quietly. We say that quietly. What's that? Where, where, where did that come from? In the middle of a whole phrase, every, the phrase is said in responsa to the Shleach Tzibur, to us. Then all of a sudden, in the middle, we have a line, and that line we say quietly. Where, why, what, where, where did this come from? So the truth is, if you take a look at the Matefrayim, when the Matefrayim records the Minug, so he says, when you say Shema Kalein, you're supposed to respond back and forth with the Tzibur. The Shleach Tzibur says Shema Kaleinu, and then we answer, we go back and forth. And it sounds like from the Matefrayim that every, every line is said out loud. Even the Yehil Ratzadim Mifri is said out loud. It seems like the entire paragraph is said one after the other, line after line. We know already... We'll get to that in a second. So we know already that most of us don't say the whole Shema Kaleinu back and forth. We stop at, you know, Al Tashlichenu. Even that already the Matafrayim points out. He says, until we get to, uh, 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 until we get to the last line of Al Tashlichenu Leizikna, Kechoyzkechenu Al Tazvein. Matafrayim doesn't say that you're supposed to say the, the one line quietly. So where does this come from? So if you talk, it'll take a look in the Cyrus Betshuva. Cyrus Betshuva is a fascinating safe. The Cyrus Betshuva is written by Reb Shimon Seifer. You have to be careful. There are two Reb Shimon Seifers. This Reb Shimon Seifer was a son by the Kassav Seifer. Son by the Kassav Seifer. He was a Rav in Hungary for most of his life. He was 95 years old when the Nazis came into Hungary in 44. 95 years old. He was an old man already. And sadly, as many of Hungarian Jewry it happened to, they took him with the rest of his family straight to Auschwitz and he was murdered by the Nazis. But he was 95 years old in 44. So Cheshben, how, what year he was born... He was a son by the Kassav Seif. He had an uncle by the same name, Shimon Seif, but he was, a, he was not that, that, that was his uncle, not him. He was a son by the Kassav Seif, he was a Rav in many places. We'll talk maybe over Sukkot, we'll talk about how the fact that he was related to Rebbe Kivega on so many different ways. He was an anical from Rebbe Kivega, because we know the Kassam Seifer and his second wife, who all the children are from, was the daughter of Rebbe Kivega. This Shimon Seifer, his first wife, was also an anical by Rebbe Kivega from, through marriage. He divorced his first wife. We'll have to maybe talk about that as well. But in any case, so he has a Mori de Kachuva where he discusses this question. It's amazing. No one talked about it until the 1920s, 1930s. I don't know. So he comes over with an amazing Chiddush. He says, He says, Do you know why we say that line quietly? He says, Because that line is, is, is really a borrowed line from a Pasuk in Tehillim. That line, the way we have it in the Slichas, is really borrowed from the Pasuk in Tehillim. And the way we changed it from the Pasuk in Tehillim was in the Pasuk in Tehillim, it was said in the in the singular. We switched it to the Lushan Rabbim. If you take a look, the way we have it, he says it's really right, we really changed it. If you look up the Pasik in Tehillim, right, that Pasik in Tehillim was actually written in the in the singular. We switched it in the Kinna in the in the Slicha to make it in the Tzibah. So therefore Zakti Sayyid Ruchu, Zakti Shimon Saifid is Allah and Shulchanarich, that you can't just go freely switching Psukim from Yachid from from plural to singular. So he says, Ah oh, 
since we changed the text of the of the pasuk from the way it appears in the Tehillim, that's why we say it quietly because we don't really have the audacity to recite the pasuk the way with the change. We're not allowed to do it, so we say it quietly. So therefore, that's why that pasuk is recited quietly because that pasuk is really changed from the way it's found in the Tehillim. Beautiful shot, but there's only one major problem, and this is where all the Achrayim jump on him is. Every other pasuk in the Shema Kaleinu is also changed from the way it appears in the Tehillim. Al Tashlechenu Leizikna is changed from the way it says in the Tehillim. Al Tashlechenu Milfanecha is changed from the way it appears in the Tehillim. So that's your reason you picked the wrong pasuk. All of the psukim that we have in Shema Kaleinu that are changed from the way they appear in the Tehillim from the singular to the plural. So in Cain, if that's the reason why you say quietly, you should say the whole Pismoin quietly for the same price. Very, very shverb shot on what he, what, what he meant in this uh, interpretation. So what many Akhwanim point out is they come up with a very gishmak of shot. I saw this in a journal from, from Carlin Stalin Chassidim. Beautiful journal. Base Aaron. They tell like this and it's, I think it's very meduic. They want to tell you that there's a, there's a typo over here. That post of is supposed to appear at the end of the Pismoin. Not in the middle of the Pismoin. So what? If it appears at the end of the Pisma, and we find very often at the end of a major statement, we have that line, Yehilu Ratzanim Refi. We have it at the end of some of the Tfilos Anim Kippur, Rosh Hashanim Kippur. We find it at the end of the Shmanes, right? When it's the end of something, it's not so crazy to have the phrase Yehilu Ratzanim Refi. So he wanted to suggest that maybe that line of Yehilu Ratzanim is supposed to be at the end of the Pisma. Somehow. And then Taki say it quietly, like many people do when they finish Shmanes, right? But somehow it got Mishterayin earlier into the, Shmane, into the Pismet. Someone pushed it up two lines. And they kept saying it quietly, even though when it's in the middle, it doesn't make sense to be said quietly. But since that line really was supposed to appear at the end of the Pismet, and at the end of the Pismet attack, it makes sense to say it quietly, it stuck with that original tradition to say it quietly. Interesting pshat. What? Why is it plural? Why is it? Plural. No, the whole, the whole Pismet is plural. Everything is plural. That's not a kasha. I'm not going like this service for Shuvah's Pshat. Shuvah's service Pshat, I don't have a terrorist for. So the better Pshat I like is this Pshat. That it's not because it's plural versus singular, but it's because that whole line is supposed to be at the end. So granted, in the way we have in the Nusach Litta, it's closer towards the end. It's uh, towards the end. It's not exactly at the end, but it's closer down in the Pismite. The way it's in the Nusach Svar, it's not in the middle of the Pismite. It doesn't really make too much sense to have that line Yehila over there. Okay, it's an interesting kasha, uh, why exactly that line is recited quietly. Not in all places is it said quietly. I have over here, I think in, in Bells and other communities, they talk, do say it out loud. They don't say either what's quietly. So not across the board is it said quietly, but in any case, majority of places, it's said quietly, and you have to figure out a reason to why Taka is it said quietly. So continuing on all the other controversial things that come up in the Slichas, so one of the big controversial shiles that come up is the Shir HaMalas. It's brought down, grabbed by the Matafrayim also, interestingly. The Matafrayim brings down the practice as well as the Arizal, that we're supposed to say Shir Hamalois, we're supposed to insert Shir Hamalois between Yishtabach and, and Baruch. That's the, during Rosh Hashanah. So it's we're supposed to insert that capital to Helm. It's brought down in Menegari, in the Kisvi Ari, it's brought down in Matafraim as well. However, if you take a look in the Magan Avram, the Magan Avram is very bothered by this. He is very upset by this practice. He says this practice is terrible. He says, we know the Halach and Shulchan Aruch writes, based, I think it's based on Yushalmi, that uh, one, of the re- one of the things a person does wrong that makes him have to be Yoytzeh L'Molchama. And in order to be a soldier in the Jewish army, he had to be a very, very uh, upscale member of society. He had to mamish follow every halacha to the T. You weren't allowed to be sach by Tfil Nshayad and Tfil And also, if a person was mafsik between Yishtabach 
and uh, Baruchu and Brichas Yetzer are, that's another reason to be Chazal Mochama. So, Frank the Magad Avram, how can you put a Shea Malas there? If you see that Chazal was so meticulous, there should be no interruption between between Yishtabach and, and Brichas Kriyashma, so how do you have the right to put a Shea Malas there? And therefore, he leaves off Tzarech in the Magad Avram. He leaves off that this is wrong. And the Mishtabruah quotes the Magad Avram word for word. And this is why Minig Ashkenaz was not to say this Sher Hamalas. This Sher Hamalas was met with controversy. You have no right to insert things into that part of the davening. And that's why the Vilna Goyim was against it, and the Magad Avram, and the Mishnah Brur, and that's pretty much why Minig Ashkenaz is not to say that. What is interesting is many Ashkenazic people come to defend this practice. If you look at the Dogom Revava, Naidi Yehuda, look at the Archa they all come to defend this practice, and they all have the same taina. Their taina is, look in the Rambam. What do you mean, look in the Rambam? If you look in the Rambam, the Rambam has Oz Yashir. When does the Rambam say Shiras Hayam? So we say Shiras Hayam before Yishtabach. The way the Rambam has it, he said Shiras Hayam after Yishtabach. So Zog the what do you see from here? You see that if you're inserting things of praise to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's not a hefzik. When, when we say you're not supposed to talk between Yishtabach and Berchus Kriyashma, that's to schmooze with your friend. That's to have an idle conversation. But if you're going to be saying something like Shiras Hayam, or something like a capital Tehillim. So you see, it's not a problem. So all the Achorinim come to defend this practice of the Arizal, that it's not a Shail of Hefzik, and they bring a riot from the fact that the Rambam put Oz Yosheh, put Shiva Sayam, Bedavka between Yishtabach and Birchus Kriyashma. I saw they bring down from Ibitzel Panovitcha. Ibitzel Panovitcha was a novel thinker. He liked to do things his own way. He beat to his own drum. So Ibitzel Panovitcha made a Takana in the Panovitcha Yeshiva that they're going to say Shir Hamalis after Chazar Sashatz. Why after Chazar Sashatz? Because there were a lot of Bachim that came from Chesidish Stak, and they were very used to saying Sher Amalus, and it bothered them that they're not saying Sher Amalus over this uh, period of time. Mitzat Shaini, the Panavich Rav was worried about the time of the Magan Avram, that it's a Shail of Hefzik. So he figured, I'm going to put it at the end, after we finish Chazar Sashatz, I'll put it there. This way I'll make everyone happy. Now, he didn't make everyone happy, because there were still people who tainted, you're not supposed to be Mavzik even at the end of Chazar Sashatz until you finish. With the Ashrei of Old Sin. So people weren't thrilled with that either. But that was the part of it, uh, I guess, uh, Pshara, to make everyone happy, to say Shira Malis after Chazar Sheshat, and not at the time when most of us say it. The Matafraim brings down a practice, which I don't know people do, but uh, I saw it quoted by so many people, I feel bad now. The Matafraim writes that when a person benches during the Asesim Echuva in the Birchas Amazon, he's supposed to say the Harachman that we say in Rosh Hashanah. So that's the Matafraim. And it's not only the Mount of Ephraim, it's brought like that in the Kitzah Shulchan Aruch as well. That the same way when we bench on Rosh Hashanah, we say, HaRachamon, says the Mount of Ephraim, when we bench during the Asayis and Chuva, and some Chassidim take it even to Lashana Rabbah, because they hold that the, the Gemara is not to Lashana Rabbah. When a person benches during this period of time, he's supposed to talk and make this HaRachamon in the bench. That's one Chiddush that the Mount of Ephraim brings down. Then the Mount of Ephraim brings down another Chiddush, which I didn't know too many people do either. But he brings out, whenever you take out the Sefer Torah, between now and Yom Kippur, Monday and Thursday, except for Shabbos and Yom Tif, you say your Gimel Midas, and the Hiratzen that we say in Rosh Hashanah. So he brings down the Mount of Rhyme, and this is the practice of Rabbi Yaakov Emden, and I saw this is what they do in Tells. I have a Sefer about the Menhage Tells, and Tells is Yeshiva, they talk to do this, that the month, let's say for example, tomorrow, when we take out the Sefer Torah, we're going to say, they say the Gimel Midas, and the Hiratzen that we say in Rosh Hashanah during the Aser Simei Tshuva. I don't know anyone else who does it, but it's a Mephorosh in Mount Ephraim. This is uh, very clear in the Mount Ephraim, and this uh, somehow didn't make its way into typical practice, but if Yaakov Emden backs the practice, and that's the meaning in Tells the Yeshiva today. There's a big discussion amongst the Achroinim, is it, is, is it okay to make a wedding during the Aserosh Shemei 
the right time to make a wedding. So we talked a little bit about this during Elul. Is Elul the right time to make a wedding? And we saw that many people were very pro it. But when it came to Sergei Mechuva, many of the Akhrenim kind of turned their um, feelings a little bit. For example, the Mat Ephraim writes, the Minig is not to make a wedding during the Sergei Mechuva. That's the opinion of the Kitzah Shulchan Aruch. And that was the opinion of many Akhrenim. Sergei Mechuva is not the right time for weddings. I always felt that Sergei Mechuva, it's not fair to your guests to make a wedding during their Sesame Tshuva. Why? You expect people to stay to the end of the chaz, so they got to get up in a few hours for slichas. Just not fair to your guests, putting aside any other cheshbainas. But achrein uh, and tumul. What's the pro and the negative side? The pro side is, what do you mean? It's another mitzvah that the chassim can bring with him to Yem Adin. Like we heard last night about Kiddush Levana. Why many achreinim felt we should do Kiddush Levana either Friday night or last night because we need every mitzvah that we can get. We want to bring with us to Yom Kippur. So therefore they say, what do you mean? The chassim gets married. It's a mitzvah. <coughs> mitzvah, heksha mitzvah, whatever you want to call it. It's something extra that he can bring to the Yem Adin. So many people were okay with it. It's interesting. It seems like in the Yekisha, the German Jews were very much makele to make chassim during their Seyesh Mechuva. I found the tshuva from the Malamed Lohoyel Reb Hoffman was one of the great Rabbanim in Germany. So he's so against this practice of not making weddings during our Sesame Tshuva. He says, what is this practice? Not to make a wedding during Sesame Tshuva. It's another schos for the chos to bring to the chos. And then he writes, I got married during our Sesame Tshuva. Right? So the Tshuva. I got married during our Sesame Tshuva. And there was nothing wrong with it. It was fine. It was, everything was fantastic. So it seems like, in, and I found also Rabbi Israel Hobelsheimer also has a Tshuva that way, where the, it seems like the German Rabbanim were much more pro getting married during their Seri Shemei Tshuva, while some of the other Achreinim were skeptical. Yakut Yosef quotes from his father, I think his father has a Tshuva about it also, where he said that if it's an older couple, what's older? If the boy's already 20, that's older, oh wow. He says if the boy's already 20, it's a mitzvah to get married right away, then you should make the chasana without a question, and you should do it during a Seri Shemei Tshuva. I know people who made chasana during a Seri Shemei Tshuva, but... Uh, I don't know. Put Chazi. Yeah. Yeah. The Malam of the Hoyle. He has a tshuva. And he writes in it, I got married during a Seshmi Tshuva. So he writes. Okay. So he seems like that was the more accepted practice versus some of the other communities. Okay. I don't know if anyone has a chasa during a Seshmi Tshuva. I know, I know someone was making a vart during a Seshmi Tshuva. He told me, he asked the Shal, is he allowed to make a vart? You ask a child, can you always make a vart there? Glorified wastes of time. But uh, once you make varts in Klai Yisrael, I think you can make one during the Sesame Tshuva. It's not the same simcha as a chasana, for sure. But chasana, I don't know if anyone has a chasana during the Sesame Tshuva. This year, the way it falls out, you don't have that many days. I guess you'd have to make a chasana tomorrow night or Sunday night, I guess you can make one. But I don't, I don't have anyone, any schedule, but if anyone has one, so then you see the minigas to be makel. We'll talk a little bit. Believe me, that tomorrow we'll talk more about Paspalter, the big shell that always comes up about Dunkin' Donuts. My children are very lucky. Their grandfather brings them donuts every Friday morning from Dunkin' Donuts. They're very lucky. The question is, can you bring them this year, this week? Shailah is Dunkin' Donuts. The donuts in Dunkin' Donuts, is that in the past family? Or is that in the Bishel family? So we'll have to deal with that in Mr. Shem tomorrow. Give them an extra day to figure out what to do. But in any case, we'll talk about something else. And tomorrow we'll come back to Paspal to Blinader. But talk a little bit about Tzayim Gedalia, the actual day on the calendar. Fascinating date, Tzayim Gedalia. What's the story to, to Tzayim Gedali? So the story of Gedali is actually found in the Novi. Yermei HaNovi describes the story of, of Gedali ben Achikam. A fascinating story. After Churban Bayis Rishon, the few Jews, the Sheiris Apleta, of the Jews that were left in Eretz Yisrael, they were under Melech Bavel was ruling Eretz Yisrael. So they basically, Melech Bavel allowed Gedali to be the leader, the unofficial leader of the Jewish people after, uh, after the Churban. And Gedali was leading the people. And it was bringing the people back. There was a real, real togetherness of Klai Yisrael. People were moving back from foreign lands. There was a whole real, real, real surge of Achtos in Klai Yisrael. The problem was... Why did they pick Gedalia? I don't know. It doesn't say how they picked Gedalia. It must have been very... Gedalia was a tzaddik, the Gemara said. That's how he got the job. 
So the story, the way that the Novi tells us the story, that Melech Amin wasn't very happy about this. It wasn't good for business. If all the Jews are going to come back to Israel, it's not going to be good for Amin. So Amin decided he needs to send someone to kill Gedalia, knock Gedalia off. Who is he going to send? Who is he going to find to knock Gedalia off? None other than a Jew. One of ours. Yishmael, a Jew. Now Yishmael did not like Gedalia. Why did Yishmael not like Gedalia? Because first of all, Yishmael was a Malchus based David. He wanted a leader from Malchus based David leading Kla Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael. Not Gedalia, who was a foreigner. Also, Yishmael thought that Gedalia was wrong. He thought he's playing into the hands of the Babylonians. He's playing along with the Babylonians. He's letting the Babylonians do you know, their dirty work. Oh, you'll, you'll, you'll be a mock government. You'll be like the Jewish people that are leading it. He thought this whole thing is a charade and it's wrong. And we have to put our foot down. We have to say, no, we're not going to be under their leadership. So he was hired by Melech Amoin to go and assassinate uh, Gedalia. That was the plan. However, Yoichanon, who was in Gedalia's circle, heard about this attempted assassination. And he comes back to Gedalia and he tells Gedalia, I hear that they want to assassinate you. And Gedalia makes a very famous comment. His lotion is, I don't want to hear it. Kisheker It's false. I don't want to hear it. It closes his ears. A very from a I don't want to hear lotion. It closes his ears. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't, I don't want to believe it. I don't want to hear it. So what ends up happening, and this is all in the Navi, Yirmiya, Perek Lamites, Perek Mem, Memalov, I think, tells the whole story very clearly. What happens? So, Kachave on Bahi Bachoidish Ashvi. It's actually interesting. The Navi doesn't tell us what day it happened. It's just Bachoidish Ashvi, sometime in this month. Oh, see, it's a big Machoikis. So, Yirmiya, so uh, Yishmal brings an entourage, and he comes together and he meets in with Gedalia and Gedalia's people, and Gedalia was not prepared. To fight against. He didn't think that this is an adversary. He treated him like a friend. So he came with his people and, Yir, and, and, and Yishmael came and wiped them all out. Killed them, murdered them all. Killed Gedalia, killed his people, killed many people. It was a massacre. And this is Jew on Jew violence, Rabbi say. This is a Jew on Jew crime. And therefore, right after this, the Ramam explains that after Gedalia died, this is really the end of it. After this, the Jewish people gave up hope on rebuilding Eretz Yisrael, on even living in Eretz Yisrael. And that's when pretty much everyone left Eretz Yisrael. They moved to Mitzrayim, they moved to Dalakan, Khan, Aretz. And this is really the end of the potential rebuilding of Klai Yisrael. Some, I think, say that if Gedalia would have stayed alive, could be they would have rebuilt the base of Migdosh, and it would have been even as great as the first base of Migdosh. Gedalia had a lot of potential. But he was assassinated, assassinated, and that was the end of Gedalia's reign. And that's what we're commemorating today. We're commemorating today Gedalia's murder. That's what it says in the Noth. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah picks up, and the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah writes that uh, it says in the Novi, Yirmiyah, Yirmiyah Novi counts all the fast days. He counts them all by the Tsoim of the month. So the Gemara asks, what Tsoim Ashavi? What happened in the seventh month? So the Gemara says, oh, Tsoim Ashavi, that's when Gedai ben Achikim was murdered. Frank the Gemara, who murdered him? And for the Gemara, the, he was murdered by, by Yishmael. Says the Gemara, this comes to teach us, Shemisa Sadikim Kisrefas Beisalakim. A very famous Gemara, that the death of a Tzadik is equivalent to the burning of the Beisalakim. Pashab Shat in the Gemara, the Gemara is bothered with the Kasha. All the other tragedies that we fast in the Navi are all connected to the Beisalakim. Shabbos Vetamos, Asar Beteves. What does Gedayim and Achikim have to do with it? So Zak the Gemara, Lalamit Shisrefas Beisalakim, Misa Sadikim Kisrefas Beisalakim. The truth is, if you look in the Ramah Menachos, if you look in the Ramah Menachos Tainis, the Rambam says that when Gedalia died, like we just said a minute ago, that was Mamish the end of the Khurban. Meaning, the Khurban was realized after Gedalia was killed. So Lefizeh, it's not so schwer that Gedalia's death is not Stam a, a Godel's death. 
Kedai's death was really the mark of the Pathish, the final blow, the end, the, the finishing of Kalai Yisrael's stay in Eretz Yisrael, and that really was a continuation, or really the, the final punch of the Gulls. But there's a Maridika Marsha over there. The Marsha on the page asks the Kash that many Achorinim ask, Kedai wasn't the first Jew to die. He wasn't even the first Gadol to die. If we're going to have a yard site, we're going to have a time that every day a Gadol died, we're not going to be eating much. I was waiting for someone to make the argument we shouldn't have said uh, Tachlun today. It's a yard site of a Gadol. Kedai is yard site. We shouldn't say Tachlun. I was waiting for someone to make that argument. No one made the argument. Okay. But Lamais affected Marsha. Every single day someone died. Every single day. So Marsha writes, he says, Marsha says that the, what was supposed to take away from the story of Gedali ben Achikam and the story of, of Yishmal is not so much Jew on Jew violence, which Avad is, is a Mosah Haskel, but look at the time of when this happened. It happened during Seish Mechuva. According to one sheet, it happened on Rosh Hashanah. How could Yishmal go on Rosh Hashanah, hear the shayfer, you know, sing the songs, and the Matzi make Abdullah, and the next day go and kill Yid? So after Marshal, that's the Mosah Haskel we have to take from the story. We have to ask ourselves, how could it be on a day in Seish Mechuva a Jew can kill another Jew? How can it be? We're supposed to be on our best behavior during our Sayyidina Tshuva. And how can a tragedy like this happen during our Sayyidina Tshuva? The Pnei Shu asks a great kasha, which I like to use very often to bring out of Yisoy. The Pnei Shu has a kasha. The Gemara asks, who killed Gedaliah? And for the Gemara, Yishma. Right, the Pnei Shu, I don't understand the Gemara's kasha. It's a Mephorish Apostle. It's a Apostle. They're only asking me a kasha. So my terror says, because Yishiva Bacham don't learn Navi. They don't know what it says in the Navi. you got to tell it to him in the Gemara. You expect the Yeshiva Bachar to know Yirmiyah? So if it's in the Gemara, Bachar no Gemara. So the Gemara, the Gemara has to ask and the Gemara has to answer. That's my shot for the Pnei Yeshua's text. But the Pnei Yeshua has another kash. In fact, the Pnei Yeshua, why does the Gemara bother going, does it really matter who killed him? And a friend of men killed him would be different? So Pnei Yeshua says a big yisait. Pnei Yeshua points out, like we just mentioned earlier, what's special about, what's unique about this crime, it was Jew on Jew crime. Many Jews have been killed by Nazis and by Arabs and by Sunni Yisrael and many Jews have died at a ripe old age. But here we have a situation where a Jew is killed at relatively young age by another Jew. This is something very, very strange. And he writes to Pnei Yeshua, he thinks this must have created a terrible Kitrig and Shemai. You can imagine what the Jews needed that year. Right after the Chorban and right after Rosh Hashanah, what do they get? A terrible Kitrig like this. Which is really back to the Marshals. He said, this time of the year, we have to be so careful what we do. Every action that we do, we have to be so on our best behavior. That's what the Gemara is focusing on. The Gemara wants to know, not Stam who killed him, but to bring out the point that it was a Yid who killed him. And it was a Yid who killed him at, at his prime, the prime of his life, and he was rebuilding Klaus. Well, that's the Musa Haskell that we have to take out of it. The Aruch Laner, as a Murray the Kapshad and Lomdus, the Aruch Laner says, if you look in the Psukim, it says that, that Yishmael brought a group of people. So there's Machoikis in Sanhedrin, when a group of people pound on someone and they kill him, who's Chayiv Misa? So the Machoikis over there is between two Tanoi. So the Erchaner writes, the Gemara had a Shai, who Taka really killed Gedaliah? Was it the mass? Was it the, the group? Or was it one person? Zakti Gemara, Mi Harga was Alam the Who really killed him? Zakti Gemara, oh, you know who really killed him? It was Taka Yishma. Fact, Erchaner, how do you know? He says, if you look up the Psukim in the Navi, it says Vayaku plural, but it says Vayomos, singular. It's an interesting dig. I never thought of that. Zokta Archlaner, somehow, somehow, the Gemara knew that Rabbi Yomos was Taka, was Taka Yishma. So the Gemara was having a long discussion. Who Taka was the real murderer? Was it the group? Was it a, like a, a mass movement? Or was it one person? So I think, no, 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 it was one person who killed him. One person is held responsible. I it's late. But I want to share with the Oil Mamoyedeki Gemara in, in Nida. 
the Gemara needs of Samach Aleph says that if you look in the Pesukim, the Pesuk says over there that Bar Asher Hishlech Yishmol, the pit where Yishmol dumped all the bodies that he murdered, Asher Huku Biyad Gedalia, that got hit by Gedalia. Frank the Gemara, Gedalia? What did Gedalia do? Gedalia got murdered like everyone else. Why is Gedalia held accountable, Zog the Gemara? Because Gedalia got the initial report from Yoichanan that someone wanted to kill him and he didn't want to do his research. He's held accountable. Frek the Marsha, off an art over there, and neither. What do you mean? He's a from a guy. He didn't want to take Lashonara. You read the story. You think Gedalia was mamish, like we put the Chavetz Chaim on that Madrega. Someone came to him with a report. He said, I don't want to hear. Chas Chas Vashon. Says the Marsha, that was a colossal mistake. In life, that's not the way you approach situations. If someone comes to you with what we call today, Reglaim Lodover, you have a reason to suspect something. Lashonara doesn't mean I don't listen to the report. Lashonara means I don't assume right away that you're guilty. But it doesn't mean I don't listen to the report. You take the report and you do your research. And until you do your research, you have to be cautious. But you're not, you don't assume he's a Russia, but you also don't assume he's a Zakai. So, Gedalia made a big mistake. If you look at Misil Sasharim, he goes also on this Nakuda. He says Gedalia was too from. Too much mili de chasidusa. He was being too from. Sometimes when we're too from, we, we hurt ourselves. So I always point out that this, this mistake that Gedalia made used to be a big problem in Klaisro. For many, many years in Klaisro, we always used to say, these issues, not by us. Whatever, whatever the issue was, abuse, drug abuse, spousal abuse, we said, not by us. No, 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 we don't have these problems. And we did. We just like to convince ourselves we didn't have these problems. Now we say, could be, let's look into it, let's research it. You know, there's always the old, there's only, the only, my entire life that I can remember, the only time I gave a share that I didn't allow it to be recorded was I gave a share on reporting uh, abuse in the classroom. Rabbeim and all that type of stuff. Because... You don't want to be recorded. Anything you say on that chair, you'll get in trouble for it. So I quoted it from Rabbi Yashua. Rabbi Yashua has the truth about this. This is always an issue that we have to deal with, sadly, in Klai So Rabbi Yashua writes a famous chuba to Faival Kohn, where he talks about what do you do with these types of cases? A kid comes and says, oh, Rabbi did this, my teacher did this, you know, things like that. So Rabbi Yashua writes, you take the report and you look into it. You don't brush it under the carpet. You don't say the kid's crazy, the Rebbe's right. You take it and you don't ruin the Rebbe's life and you research. And you look, is there red flag, is there smoke, is there this, is there that? That's how we deal with that. But just to say, no, can it Zion? No, no, can't be, can't be. Can't be in Klaisrael a rotten apple. No, can't be. That's a mistake. And Klaisrael learned the hard way many, many times in many different areas that that's not the answer. Baruch Hashem, Klaisrael is much better about this topic. We're much more open that whatever's out there in the, in the secular world finds its way by us also. But Zog to it's not my Chiddush, my Shah says this. In Nidat Afsanachal, take a look. Zog to that was the mistake of Gedali, that we have to be cautious. But we still have to be suspectful. If we have reasons to doubt someone or something, we have to be careful. So, Maisa comes out that there's what to learn from the story of Gedalia, that even during this time, we're in heightened awareness of being careful with Lashonara, but we still can't be foolish either. We still have to make sure that we're, we're processing stories that have, you know, the Me Too movement makes things complicated. That every person has a, has a shita now. But we have to be careful, but we can't just brush things under the carpet. We have to take everything, process it, and make sure we listen to what is being said. Okay. Why is so good